Book Four, Chapter Four of History of Animals by Aristotle. Translated by Darcy Wentworth Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four with the ostracoderma or testations such as the land snails and the sea snails and all the oysters so called and also with the sea urchin genus the fleshy part in such as have flesh is similarly situated to the fleshy part in the crustaceans in other words it is inside the animal and the shell is outside and there is no hard substance in the interior as compared with one another the testations present many diversities both in regard to their shells and to the flesh within some of them have no flesh at all as the sea urchin others have flesh but it is inside and wholly hidden except the hand as in the land snails and the so-called cocalia and among pelagic animals in the purple murex the syrinx or trumpet shell the sea snail and the spiral-shaped testations in general of the rest some are bivalved and some univalved and by bivalves i mean such as are enclosed within two shells and by univalved such as are enclosed within a single shell and in these last the fleshy part is exposed as in the case of the limpet of the bivalves some can open out like the scallop and the mussel for all such shells are grown together on one side and are separate on the other so as to open and shut other bivalves are closed on both sides alike like the solen or razor fish some testations there are that are entirely enveloped in shell and expose no portion of their flesh outside as the tethia or ascidians again in regard to the shells themselves the testations present differences when compared with one another some are smooth shelled like the solen the mussel and some clams videlicet those that are nicknamed milk shells while others are rough-shelled, such as the pool oyster or edible oyster, the pina, and certain species of cockles, and the trumpet shells, and of these some are ribbed, such as the scallop, and a certain kind of clam or cockle, and some are devoid of ribs, as the pina, and another species of clam. Testations also differ from one another in regard to the thickness or thinness of their shell, both as regards the shell in its entirety and as regards specific parts of the shell, for instance, the lips. For some have thin-lipped shells, like the mussel, and others have thick-lipped shells, like the oyster. A property common to the above-mentioned, and, in fact, to all testations, is the smoothness of their shells inside some also are capable of motion like the scallop and indeed some aver that scallops can actually fly owing to the circumstance that they often jump right out of the apparatus by means of which they are caught 
others are incapable of motion, and are attached fast to some external object, as is the case with the pina. All the spiral-shaped testations can move and creep, and even the limpet relaxes its hold to go in quest of food. In the case of the univalves and the bivalves, the fleshy substance adheres to the shell so tenaciously that it can only be removed by an effort. In the case of the stromboids, it is more loosely attached. And a peculiarity of all the stromboids is the spiral twist of the shell in the part farthest away from the head. They are also furnished from birth with an operculum, and further, all stromboid testations have their shells on the right-hand side, and move not in the direction of the spire, but the opposite way. Such are the diversities observed in the external parts of these animals. The internal structure is almost the same in all these creatures, and in the stromboids especially, for it is in size that these latter differ from one another, and in accidents of the nature of excess or defect, and there is not much difference between most of the univalves and bivalves. But while those that open and shut differ from one another but slightly, they differ considerably from such as are incapable of motion. And this will be illustrated more satisfactorily hereafter. The spiral-shaped testations are all similarly constructed, but differ from one another as has been said, in the way of excess or defect. For the larger species have larger and more conspicuous organs, and the smaller have smaller and less conspicuous. And furthermore, in relative hardness or softness, and in other such accidents or properties. All the stromboids, for instance, have the flesh that extrudes from the mouth of the shell, hard and stiff, some more and some less. From the middle of this protrudes the head and two horns, and these horns are large in the large species, but exceedingly minute in the smaller ones. The head protrudes from them all in the same way, and if the animal be alarmed, the head draws in again. Some of these creatures have a mouth and teeth as the snail, teeth sharp and small and delicate. They have also a proboscis, just like that of the fly, and the proboscis is tongue-shaped. The cyrix and the purple murex have this organ firm and solid, and just as the myops or horsefly and the estrus or gadfly can pierce the skin of a quadruped, so is this proboscis proportionately stronger in these testations, for they bore right through the shells of other shellfish on which they prey. The stomach follows close upon the mouth, and, by the way, this organ in the snail resembles a bird's crop. Underneath come two white, firm formations, mastoid or papillary in form, and similar formations are found in the cuttlefish also, only that they are of a firmer consistency in the cuttlefish. After the stomach comes an esophagus, simple and long, extending to the poppy or quasi-liver, 
which is in the innermost recess of the shell. All these statements may be verified in the case of the purple murex and the syrinx by observation within the whorl of the shell. What comes next to the esophagus is the gut. In fact, the gut is continuous with the esophagus and runs its whole length uncomplicated to the outlet of the residuum. The gut has its point of origin in the region of the coil of the mecon, or so-called poppy, and is wider hereabouts. For remember, the mecon is for the most part a sort of excretion in all testations. It then takes a bend and runs up again towards the fleshy part, and terminates by the side of the head, where the animal discharges its residuum and this holds good in the case of all stromboid testations, whether terrestrial or marine. From the stomach there is drawn in a parallel direction with the esophagus, in the larger snails a long white duct, enveloped in a membrane, resembling in color the mastoid formations higher up, and in it are nicks or interruptions, as in the egg mass of the crawfish, only, by the way, the duct of which we are treating is white, and the egg mass of the crawfish is red. This formation has no outlet nor duct, but is enveloped in a thin membrane with a narrow cavity in its interior, and from the gut downward extend black and rough formations in close connection, something like the formations in the tortoise, only not so black. Marine snails also have these formations, and the white ones only that the formations are smaller in the smaller species. The non-spiral univalves and bivalves are in some respects similar in construction, and in some respects dissimilar to the spiral testations. They all have a head and horns, and a mouth, and the organ resembling a tongue. But these organs in the smaller species are indiscernible, owing to the minuteness of these animals and some are indiscernible even in the larger species, when dead, or when at rest and motionless. They all have the mecon or poppy, but not all in the same place, nor of equal size, nor similarly open to observation. Thus the limpets have this organ deep down in the bottom of the shell, and the bivalves at the hinge connecting the two valves. They also have in all cases the hairy growths or beards, in a circular form, as in the scallops, and with regard to the so-called egg, in those that have it, when they have it, it is situated in one of the semicircles of the periphery, as is the case with the white formation in the snail. For this white formation in the snail corresponds to the so-called egg of which we are speaking. But all these organs, as has been stated, are distinctly traceable in the larger species, while in the small ones they are in some cases almost, and in others altogether indiscernible. Hence they are most plainly visible in the large scallops, and these are the bivalves that have one valve flat-shaped like the lid of a pot. The outlet of the excretion is in all these animals, save for the exception to be afterwards related, on one side, for there is a passage whereby the excretion passes out, and remember, the mecon or poppy, as has been stated, is an excretion in all these animals, an excretion enveloped in a membrane. 
the so-called egg has no outlet in any of these creatures but is merely an excrescence in the fleshy mass and it is not situated in the same region with the gut but the egg is situated on the right hand side and the gut on the left such are the relations of the anal vent in most of these animals but in the case of the wild limpet called by some the sea ear the residuum issues beneath the shell for the shell is perforated to give an outlet in this particular limpet the stomach is seen coming after the mouth and the egg-shaped formations are discernible but for the relative positions of these parts you are referred to my treatise on anatomy the so-called carcinium or hermit crab is in a way intermediate between the crustaceans and the testations in its nature it resembles the crawfish kind and it is born simple of itself but by its habit of introducing itself into a shell and living there it resembles the testations and so appears to partake of the characters of both kinds in shape to give a simple illustration it resembles a spider only that the part below the head and thorax is larger in this creature than in the spider it has two thin red horns and underneath these horns two long eyes not retreating inwards nor turning sideways like the eyes of the crab but protruding straight out and underneath these eyes the mouth and round about the mouth several hair-like growths and next after these two bifurcate legs or claws whereby it draws in objects towards itself and two other legs on either side and a third small one all below the thorax is soft and when opened in dissection is found to be sallow colored within from the mouth there runs a single passage right on to the stomach but the passage for the excretions is not discernible the legs and the thorax are hard but not so hard as the legs and the thorax of the crab it does not adhere to its shell like the purple murex and the syrinx but can easily slip out of it it is longer when found in the shell of the stromboids than when found in the shell of the neritae and by the way the animal found in the shell of the neritae is a separate species like to the other in most respects but of its bifurcate feet or claws the right-hand one is small and the left-hand one is large and it progresses chiefly by the aid of this latter and larger one in the shells of these animals and in certain others there is found a parasite whose mode of attachment is similar the particular one which we have just described is named the cilarus the neritis has a smooth large round shell and resembles the syrinx in shape only the poppy juice is in its case not black but red it clings with great force near the middle in calm weather then they go free afield but when the wind blows the carcinia take shelter against the rocks the neritae themselves cling fast like limpets and the same is the case with the hemorrhoid or apparid and all others of the like kind and by the way they cling to the rock when they turn back their operculum for this operculum seems like a lid 
In fact, this structure represents the one part in the stromboids of that which in the bivalves is a duplicate shell. The interior of the animal is fleshy, and the mouth is inside, and it is the same with the hemorrhoid, the purple murex, and all such like animals. Such of the little crabs as have the left foot or claw the bigger of the two are found in the neritae, but not in the stromboids. There are some snail shells which have inside them creatures resembling those little crayfish that are also found in fresh water. These creatures, however, differ in having the part inside the shell soft. But as to their characters, you are referred to my treatise on anatomy. End of chapter 4